0: Amen. John 3.30, one scripture. Amen. We'll just trust the Lord here tonight to lead us um, from this verse. John 3.30, he must increase. We must what? Decrease. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you tonight, God, to minister to the deep places. Oh, Raman, no, no, no. That, God, that this scripture, which is so short, would be a reality. That increase would come to our lives tonight. The increase of the kingdom of light would increase tonight. The increase of the anointing. The increase of the oil. God, we need your help tonight in this house. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you would anoint every ear, every ear, every heart to receive. What it is that you have to say in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. He must increase, but I must decrease. Amen. The Holy Ghost spoke, unless he be lifted up, he can't draw all men unto us, amen, if we're lifted up. And so he said, he must increase, but I must decrease, amen, I'll guarantee you for 25 days, Brother Michael, there's been a lot of decrease, but a lot of increase. Amen? Every time you go through trials and you go through the fires of life, that if you keep your heart pure towards God, then he's going to increase and you will decrease. Amen? That is what's going to happen. And so here's what he's saying in John 3.30. And so I titled this message tonight, Make Room for God to Move. Make Room for God to Move. Amen? And I just want to turn to the Old Testament. We're going to look through the book of Kings tonight. But John 3.30 said, He must increase. I must decrease. Amen. Let me say a few notes that I wrote down. Perspective is everything. Perspective is everything. While those that look through a natural eye will never understand what we see through a spiritual eye. Don't ever bow down when you're walking in the spirit to what carnal people try to say or convince you to do. Because carnal people will always try to convince you of less than what God requires of you. Amen? Because carnality will never understand the supernatural. Where's Mike Anderson? My, my supernatural cheerleader's not here, is he? Amen. I need him here. He loves the supernatural as much as anybody. So carnal thinking will never understand a spiritual mindset. Perspective is everything. Faith has nothing to do with facts. I know the facts may say one thing, but facts is the greatest enemy to our faith. It's not fear that's the greatest enemy. So many times we react and say, boy, fear against faith. Well, that's not reality. What produces fear is the fact of something that it is what it is. But I can tell you what overcomes all of that is our faith. Faith overrides and overcomes facts and fear. We've not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Amen. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. And so perspective is everything. Not everybody understands what God is doing right now. Not everybody understands, probably under the sound of my voice, what the Holy Ghost was doing just a while ago. I don't even know what all he was doing, but I know that God was moving. And I know what we have to do. I may have something burning inside of me, but I got to make room for God to move because God can do more in one second than any of us can in years. The Holy Ghost of God can work so quickly. Amen? Perspective is everything. Some will say you're making a mess, but God says you're making a miracle. (laughs) Some will say you're making a mistake, but God says you're making room. Amen? I said perspective is everything. Let's look to the word of God tonight to 1 Kings chapter 17. Y'all okay if I just read some of the word tonight? How many of you love the word of the Lord? 1 Kings 17 verse 8 said, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Speaking of Elijah, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he got, came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow was there gathering of sticks and called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks. How many you know that's the cross? And I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. She was already making her plans to die. She was already making her funeral arrangements. But can I tell you the presence of God walked in and shifted all of that? Can I tell you, many of you may have made all of your plans, but when the presence of God walks in, he will shift your funeral plans, and there will be a resurrection that causes life to come. No matter what you brought in this house tonight, you may be gathering up the last that you had, but I come to tell somebody tonight in this house, increase is coming to your life. I'm telling you, you may think that it's about over with. You may think that you and your children are about to die, but I come to say otherwise tonight in this house. I come to declare over this house, and I come to declare over our lives, and I come to declare over our children that it's not over until God says that it's over. Amen. Verse 13, and Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but bake me therefore a little cake first. Well, that don't sound too godly. I said that don't sound too godly. Y'all stay with me. Don't go to sleep. Then after, make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake. By Elijah, can I tell you that many people would look upon this widow woman's life and say that she would make a mistake whenever she made meal and made a cake for the prophet of God. And you know what? Many people would say it is such a mistake that don't you know and don't he know that what right does he have trying to say anything to tell you to feed him first? You're making a mistake. How many times has people tried to get in your business and say you're making a mistake by serving God? Come on, somebody. Help me right here. You know what I'm talking about? You're out there gathering up everything that's left, and all you got is a little oil, you got a little meal, and you got two sticks. And you look to the prophet of God when he walks up and gets in your business. You weren't looking for him. No, 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 but he came looking for you. You know why he came looking for you? Because God told him to get up out of the place where he was and to go to Zarephath. God told him to get up from the brook that dried up. Them birds aren't going to feed you anymore. I'm fixing to move you from beyond the place where you've been, and you're fixing to trust a widow woman to take care of you. God already had that laid out. And so when the man of God got there, the woman said, "Me and my son's about to die. I'm going to eat this last cake, and we're done. Oh, but the presence of God came looking for her. He said, I know now I came to the right place. Can I tell you when God shows up, he shows up at hopeless situations and he said, i tell you what, you take care of me first and I'll take care of you from here on out. I'm telling you, you got a little bit now, but if you'll take care of the things of God, the plan of God and the will of God, I promise you the little that you've got right now, you'll never go lacking for anything. I'm telling you, people will look at your life that are carnal, that are worldly and people that hold on to temporal matters and they'll say, don't you know that if you don't eat that last cake, you and your boys going to die? I'm telling you, church, we better take care of the people of God. I'm telling you, we got to be careful who we let speak into our life because many people would look on this widow woman and say she was making a mistake. But can I tell you, she was making a miracle. I said she was making a miracle. Can I tell you, she had everything that she needed. Can I tell you, the two sticks represent the cross. Can I tell you, the oil represents the Holy Ghost. And can I tell you, the meat represents Jesus Christ himself, the bread of life. I'm telling you, she had everything that she needed, but when the prophet of God walked up, she had everything in the flesh, but now she's got it in the spirit. God done sent the man of God, the presence of God, into her presence. She thought she was about to die, but now the prophet showed up, and the presence of God walked in and said, take care of me first, and that little you got, you'll never go lacking. I'm telling you, church, many in that world will say that we're making a mistake but i feel the holy ghost saying we're making a miracle not a mistake somebody (laughs) praising hallelujah she took care of god first then god took care of her spiritually physically and emotionally amen that's what god did here's what the bible says fear not go and do as thou hast said but make me a cake first well, that don't even sound right. What if somebody came preaching in the church and started telling you, I know you only got a dollar left, but God told me to tell you to give me that dollar. Some of you would call that person a false prophet. They're just money hungry. Now, listen, I'm not talking about TV preachers. There are money hungry people, but not everybody is. Some people, God sent you away to see what you would do with a little bit you got left. I don't understand how God blesses this church the way that he does. There's no reason a little church in Grittany, Florida should have built a church in Columbia, South America last year. I don't get it. I said I don't get it at all. But here's what I do know. God told us build a church in Columbia, South America. And he said lend to many nations and you won't have to borrow to build a church in Grittany, Florida. I'm telling you I know it don't make sense. And a lot of people say, well, you got money in the bank to build the new church. No, I don't have anything in the bank. I got a lot of faith. Faith though and I trust God said in His Word, and if you lend to many nations, then you're not going to have to borrow. Well, how's God going to build it? I don't know how God's going to build it. I don't know how God got us 10 years into this thing, but we're still here. We're still preaching the gospel, and we've not missed anything. I said, You take the little that God gives you and take care of God first, and God will always sustain our lives and the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, you thought you are going to die. You're not going gonna die your cause not gonna die the purpose in your life's not gonna die I'm telling you church it's time take care of God first and God will take care of us hallelujah I'm telling you he will he will sustain us physically spiritually and emotionally the woman's son died what was her first tendency she got mad at the prophet of God she went to him I love this. Listen to this. This is for somebody in the house, and how many of you when something goes wrong, the first person you blame is God. Anybody? Come on, I heard some mm. <laughs> mm. You know what that is, don't you? The plow just went deep.. <laughs> Anybody ever blame God? And then what's the first thing we do? We blame God and we say it's his fault. Then we say, boy, I've just been too bad. It must be my fault too. Anybody ever done that in here? Amen. Here's what she did. Listen to what she said. Verse 18. She said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee? O thou man of God, art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? You know what she was doing? She said, because all that I've done, is this the reason you came into my life? Right after the miracle happened, the meal wasted not, do you think that God really, really wanted to just kill her boy? No, no, that's not the God we serve. You know what God was doing? He was setting up for a greater miracle. That's what he was doing. He was just allowing things so that a greater miracle come forth in her life. How many times? Sister Debbie, go ahead, sister, let it go. Come on. You've blamed yourself, ain't you? Come on, some ladies come right here. My God. Jason says she just asked before service, What have I done to deserve this? Whew. Come on, church, just stretch your hands forth. She lost her fiance just last month to COVID. Sister Debbie, there's a greater miracle in the making. Come on, let it go, sister. You got to free yourself, you got to forgive yourself. Jesus, release yourself right now. Come on. Forgive yourself. It's not your fault. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. let it go, sister. Come on, come on. You can't live downtrodden, beat down any longer. Come on, let it go. Let the pain go. Let it go. That's the first thing that the prophet, that's the first thing the woman said to the prophet. And she said unto Elijah, what have I to do with thee? O thou man of God, art thou come unto call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Listen to the response of God. And he said unto her, give me thy son. Whew. Give it to him, Sister Debbie, come on. Give it to him right now. Because God is the only one that can take that and make a miracle greater out of it. How many of y'all believe there's a miracle working God in this house right now tonight? <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on church, intercede for a minute with us, will you? Just intercede for Sister Debbie right now. Just intercede, come on church. Let's believe God. Hallelujah. To change your life, sister. Come on. Greater than you Hallelujah, Jesus. He said to her, give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? Let me tell you, the prophet of God didn't even know. He was asking God. We don't have all the answers. Can I tell you that your pastor don't have all the answers? Right. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you're here and he's not. You know that, brother? I don't understand. But that's not up to me to understand. That's not up to me. Every, it could have been any one of us. Any one of us. Any one of us. 80 people at one time had. It could have been any one of us in this church. Any one of us at any moment. I did not understand when my daddy died some of the same people in that hospital saying the same prayer that we prayed when Lucas was in a hospital and I did not understand why the same people was by my daddy's bed praying the same prayer and the same faith while my daddy died and he did. I did not understand that. But at the end of the day it is not up for me to question God why. I have to trust the plan and the perfect will of God. We all do. We all do. We all do. And he stretched himself upon the child three times. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O oh Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. Would you three ladies just stretch yourself over Sister Debbie right here? Just stretch yourself out upon her. Listen to this, Sister Debbie. I'm fixing to speak a word into your life. I'm fixing to speak a word. You circle this in your Bible. I'm not Elijah, but I'm Jared. And I believe God told me tonight's word would be prophetic for people that I had no idea, sister. Verse 22 The Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. I'm telling you, revival's coming to your life. I'm telling you, revival is coming to your life, sister. Right now in the name of Jesus, revival, be revived. Every place, every hindrance, every darkness, the depression is leaving now and revival is coming. God said he's going to use you, sister. He's going to use you greater than you could ever think or imagine. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Many times people would say we're making a mistake by choices that we make. But I'm telling you tonight, church, give to God first and God will give to you. You may not see the result of that right away. I said you may not see the result of that right away. But if you will trust God enough to give him by faith when it don't make sense. Can I tell you it didn't make sense for the widow woman that her and her son's about to die? It didn't make sense for her to feed the prophet first. She did not know him. Can I tell you a lot of things that God asked you and I to do don't make sense. (laughs) Amen. I said it don't make sense. It don't make sense. But when we do it, God blesses it. It don't make sense to be obedient a lot of times. But when we obey God, then these things come to pass and God takes care of us. The second thing I want to tell you, Turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3. There was a war going on and they needed a word from the Lord. And so they said, is there anybody that has a word for us? And they said, the prophet Elisha is here. And the prophet Elisha would give you a word. He's got a word. And so they went to the prophet Elisha. What did the prophet Elisha say? Verse 14, and Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. He went into a mode of prayer and worship. Verse 16, and he said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. (laughs) Make this valley full of ditches. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a valley, the last thing I want to do is get out of shovel and work. (laughs) The last thing I want to do when I'm in a valley is get out of shovel and start digging ditches. Who likes to dig ditches? I remember my daddy used to tell me, if you don't graduate high school, son, all you're ever going to do is be a ditch digger. <laughs> Anybody's family ever say that? <laughs> all you're ever going to do is just be a ditch digger. That's all right if you're a ditch digger. I'm telling you, that's what the word of the Lord told Elisha to tell them to do. He said, I know that you're in a valley. He said, but I need you to dig ditches. <laughs> well, that don't always make sense either, does it? To dig ditches. In the middle of a valley, I don't feel like digging ditches. I'm depressed. I'm distraught. I'm distracted. I'm all of these things in my life. I'm in a valley. Can't you see it? There's a war coming against us, and you want me to dig a ditch? Really? You really want me to dig a ditch? Listen to me. Sometimes people's going to say, all you're doing is making a mess. All you're doing is making a mess, Chase. Don't you know it would be a whole lot better if you just go get a job? <laughs> Take care of that boy. Try to get your family back. Don't you know it'd be a whole lot better? Was that funny? Y'all must have just talked about this. You're up there in Bonifay living at some house, mowing grass for free. Wouldn't it be a whole lot better? I hope God's speaking. You're making a mess of things. All you've done is make a mess. Now you're making a bigger mess. What are you doing to get it right? What are you doing? You're not working hard enough. You're in a valley time. God just said dig ditches. Well, that don't make sense, does it? You just go to church and you just dig ditches. You dig ditches, don't you, brother? Oh, yeah. Just hold that shovel right there. Dig some ditches. Why are we digging ditches? We don't know right now, do we? But God's fixing to do something. You say I'm making a mess. Well, you just don't know my God. Let me tell you something about my God. My God don't do what you think he should do. And guess what? My God don't do things the way that you think that he should do things. God does things his way. God does things when he wants to do things. And God don't do things the way that humans think. Amen? He just don't do things. He's not logical. He's spiritual. (laughs) Nobody made God. Amen? He made everything. Amen? God's always been. He'll always be. Are you hearing me tonight? I said, so we cannot bring this God down to us. And so there's times, I'm talking about making room for God. So many times people will say, You're just making a mess of things. Let us make a mess for Jesus. I made a mess in the world, I made a mess in addiction, I made a mess of people's lives. My God, let me dig some ditches in a valley. I don't know what God's up to, but God's up to something. And the prophet said, i tell you what. God told me to tell y'all make this valley full of ditches. I don't know how long they were. I don't know how wide they were. And I don't know how many they were. He said, but make this valley full of ditches. What are they doing? He's by faith making preparation for water to flow. You mean this is the way that God's going to win the war? It ain't up to you how God wins. You know what it is? It's up to us to dig ditches. Verse 17, for thus saith the Lord, you shall not see wind. Well, that don't make sense. <laughs> you, neither shall you see rain, <laughs> but the valley shall be filled with water. My God. You mean every ditch that I dig, I'm not going to see wind, and I'm not going to see rain, but they're going to be filled with water? How is that going to happen? I'm talking about a supernatural God tonight. I'm talking about a God that if you came in here doubting tonight, I'm telling you dig some ditches in the valley. I'm telling you, God's fighting for you. I don't understand it myself. I don't get it all the time. But I know when God speaks, a lot of times it goes against the grain, and it goes against what people that think that they're spiritual but they're really carnal will say, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You mean you're in a valley? You're in the darkest place you've ever been in your life, and you want to sit there with a shovel, and you want to throw dirt, and you want to make a mess of things? Oh, you don't know what my God's about to do. You don't know my God, apparently. I've been in the secret place with my God. And I'm telling you, I've been in praise and worship. I've been listening to his voice. God told me in the middle of that valley, brother, keep digging ditches, keep digging ditches. I know you want to wage this war with your hands and with guns and with bombs, but that's not the way that my God wins wars. My God wins wars by telling me to dig a ditch and to do what you wouldn't tell me to do. You know why God wouldn't do things the way you do things? Because you're not going to get credit. I feel the Holy Ghost of God hold up in this house. I feel the the anointing. I feel my help coming on to preach. I said, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, our God, he don't win wars the way we win wars. He don't win wars the way our president sends troops to win wars. How does our God win wars? He said, in the valley, when you're depressed, when you're distracted, when you're strung out, when you're mess, when you don't feel like praising, keep digging a ditch. I said, keep digging a ditch. Keep digging a ditch. My God off, I thought my son, Keep digging a ditch. And as long as you'll keep digging a ditch god will begin to fill the valley it full of water it's not going to come the way you think it You won't see wind and you won't see rain. You're not going to feel the wind. You're not even going to know that water's about to come. But I tell you, you better look the way of Edom because it's about to come. And when the enemy came, can I tell you, when they came and water began to flow, it was sun was coming up and the sun shined right on that water. And when the enemy saw that red on that water, they said, oh, they thought it was blood. I said they thought it was blood, but there wasn't no blood there. Can I tell you, that's what our God does. If you'll just dig the ditches. It's God's responsibility to win the battle. It's not our battle to begin with. It's God's battle. Hallelujah. People will say you're making a mess. You're digging ditches. Hallelujah. No. They're just making a way. Amen. They weren't making a mess. They were making a way for the valley to be filled. The third thing I want to tell you tonight, 2 Kings chapter 4, one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. I love this widow woman. Amen. I love this widow woman. It's like one of them pages in my Bible that's dirty. It's all marked up. You know what I'm talking about? It's like it's just been used a lot. And when I turn here, I have to flip through a lot of the other pages in my Bible and say, hmm, I might should read some other places. <laughs> Yours too? <laughs> I'm like, man, do I read anywhere else in the Bible or just about this widow woman? She encourages my faith. Second Kings chapter 4. I'm sure none of you mothers have ever been told or thought by the devil that you're making bad decisions as a mother. We can put father there too. Amen. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not a thing in the house save a pot of oil. And so many people from the outside looking in, bear with me right here for just a minute, would say as a mother, you're making bad decisions as a mom, getting rid of everything. Who do you think you are? (laughs) Getting rid of everything, making a bad decision. People may even say that about you, Chase, making a bad decision as a father, getting rid of everything, all the distractions, amen. And so I could just see this. Can I borrow your chair? So you know what, I I could just see the woman trying to pay the debt. Amen. First thing probably in the house, I don't think really she had this, but I'm just going to say this, the TV and the TV stand. Well, let's sell that so we can pay the creditor. Amen. Got that gone. Well, there was a table in there the boys had to eat at. Well, the creditor came knocking again. We had to sell that today. And now the table's gone. We ain't even got a table for my children to sit at. You know what I'm talking about? We're starting to get rid of things. Man, she gave up her bed first, I'm sure. I'm sure she gave up her bed first because she didn't want them babies to be sleeping on the floor. So mama gave up her bed. It was a king size bed, brother. Amen. So she, the creditor came back again. What hast thou in the house? Well, I got a king-sized bed. You want it? Sure. Her bed. Now her bed's gone, she's sleeping on the floor. In the living room, no TV. Cook supper the next morning next night. There ain't no table for to feed them kids on. Guess what happened, brother? The creditor came again. I don't know if the devil's been knocking on your door lately. I said, I don't know if the devil's been knocking on your door lately, but I wonder how you keep bargaining with him. wonder how we keep bargaining with the devil every time he knocks we go get something else out of the house Here you go. the next thing probably there was only one thing left them babies bed them boys I don't know if they had bunk beds or what they had but when the creditor came I got one thing left we ain't got a table to eat at ain't got a tv to watch don't have couches brother ain't got a love seat don't have a table to feed them on We're all just sitting around the house like this. I've been sleeping in the living room. Them boys had a bed left. What you got left? I got my baby's bed. The creditor comes knocking. What are you going to do? You're going to bargain with him again. So you're willing now to give up them boys' bed. Now what hast thou in thine house? Nothing. Save a pot of oil. Can I tell you, some people may think you're making a mistake, mama, when you don't let them babies have a cell phone. <laughs> when you start taking things from them and bring discipline in their life, well, don't you know you're making a mistake and you're going to make them angry and they're going to turn against the Lord? <laughs> you don't let them watch certain things on the television and the babies start reacting and say, you're not a good mama, you're a mean mama? <laughs> You start getting rid of some things, but then the devil comes knocking again, and you start bargaining with him. I don't know. I'm telling you, the devil's knocking louder than I've ever heard him knock, and we begin to make bargains with the devil. We begin to make bargains with God. Well, I'll give this up, but I'm going to hold on to this. Well, I'm willing to give this up, but I'm willing to let, you you know what I'm saying? We begin to bargain with the devil for our kids. Let me tell you, when the devil comes knocking, I can tell you this, he wants one thing. He wanted your bed. He wanted your TV set. He wanted the nightstand. He wanted them boys' bed. He wanted the table. But let me tell you, the end result that he wanted, when he came back and wasn't nothing left, he said, now give me them boys. He said, because I'm about to put them for work. He said, I'm going to use them. They're going to become slaves of mine. They're going to be bondsmen of mine. And I'll tell you one thing. Don't you think you're going to turn them over to the hands of the devil or the creditor for a minute, and you don't think that he's going to let them go? You better never let them babies answer that door. I'm telling you, mom and daddy, it's time you and I let the oil of the Holy Ghost of God begin to answer the door. When the devil comes knocking, a lot of people's going to say, what are you doing? What do you mean you cut that out? What do you mean you cut that off? Don't you know what they're going to do? They're going to rebel against you. No, 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 sister. No, 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 daddy. I'm telling you one thing that's going to happen. When the devil comes knocking, people's not going to understand. When you empty out your house. They're going to say you're giving up everything. We're going to say I've given up nothing. I'm making room for God to move. I feel the Holy Ghost of God in this house. I'm not giving up anything. I'm just making room for the oil to flow. We've not given up nothing. That's your perspective. That's your perspective that I've got nothing in my house but oil. Just cause it don't <laughs> just cause it don't fit your cup of tea. Just cause it don't fit what you got in your house. The devil ain't come knocking loud enough at your house. Yeah. I'm telling you, don't judge my oil. I said, don't judge my oil. I said, don't judge my oil. Said, judge my oil. Amen. You say they have no life. I say I got oil that flows. I smell oil in the house. (laughs) I smell oil in the house. I'm telling you what may look empty to one. God let her see through his eyes, and she saw empty vessels flowing with oil. She smelt oil when the creditor came knocking. She said, you're not getting my babies. You're not getting my babies. I'm willing to give up their bed. I'm willing to give up that table, because where the table was is about to be oil. Where my bed was is about to be oil. Where their bed was is about to be oil. You've seen nothing yet, devil. You're about to see. The oil. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Rejoice with God tonight. Hallelujah. You've seen nothing yet. It's about to be oil. You smell it? I smell oil. You smell oil, Brother Michael? I bet your oil smells real good with oxygen there. Amen. (laughs) You're making room, brother. You're not making mistakes. You're not making the same mistakes, brother, that you saw made before you. The devil's lied to you. Oh. We're just making room. Whew. I said, we're making room for a move of God. It don't make sense for folks, brother. God said you'd do more with less Whew. God said, you'd do more with less, brother. What's God doing? He's making room for you to be who God called you to be in this kingdom. Whew. People don't understand it. They don't understand it. They come to your house and it's empty, brother. Why is your house empty? I got oil. <laughs> you know what's about to happen? People's going to want to come visit you. You know why? Not because you got Netflix on TV. <laughs> it's because the oil's in that house. <laughs> when your baby's demon-possessed and addicted, when your children just had an abortion, Because they were raped. What are they going to run to? They're not going to run to who knows the latest football game. (laughs) They're going to run to the house that's got oil flowing, sister. I said they're going to run to the house that's got oil flowing. Let me tell you something. It's the church. I said, they're not going to run to the house, Sister Sherry, that's got the best programs. I don't care what you had for little Johnny. I don't care what you had for grandma or grandpa. I can tell you programs ain't going to deliver, by God, programs ain't going to deliver devils. I said, but they talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and people want to talk about the Pentecostal church in this hour. Now, let me tell you, I read in the Word of God, there's only one church. There's only one church that was born on the day of Pentecost. That church came in full of fire, full of the Holy Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues the same way it came in. That church is going to go out. Now people talk about this, but this is that. The same way the church came in, it's the same way that church is going to go out. I'm telling you church, tell my number coal, I'm telling you church, they're not going to ask where little Johnny can go. They're going to say is your altar open? Anybody full of fire? Anybody full of the Holy Ghost? My baby's devil possessed. Little Johnny that needed that program at two, he's now a drug addict. He's got a needle in his arm. Who can pray with him? Who can sit with him? Who can talk to him? Who can pray that devil out? Who can pray that needle out of his arm? Who can talk to him about that abortion they had at fifteen? He don't want to talk to nobody about that. Program's not going to get it. What will? What's in your house? may not be popular, brother, have everything put in place pretty. I don't know what that church is going to look like on the inside. I don't know. God knows. God knows. I don't know. You know what I care about? Where that altar's at. (laughs) Only thing I said, put the baptistry in the corner. That's all I said, ain't it? I don't care where nothing else is. Make it big enough where people can get in. (laughs) make it big enough where people can run (laughs) my wife and Leah said make the nursery big enough for these new babies (laughs) so I know we did that everything else it don't matter brother where are they going to come to an altar? Where are they going to go down in water? Where are they going to receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost? Where are they going to get baptized in water? I said, that's all that matters. Them babies in that nursery, they're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's enough room for them to run around if they get filled. I said, you say, what are you saying, preacher? The Bible said John the Baptist came out full of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, church, God is up to something bigger than what we can think. Well, <laughs> oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, kids. It may not make sense to you, but no, Mom and Daddy's got to do what they got to do. It's a different time. <laughs> it's a different time. You ask these school teachers; I guarantee you, what they see in school is a different time, isn't it, sister? It's different. That devil ain't hiding no more. It's right in your face telling you who you think you are to tell me what to do. Guess who's behind that, mom and daddy? Don't you dare let that principal tell you what to do. You get back in her face. I'll guarantee you. Every day. That thing ain't hiding no more. Duke Down said they used to turn sirens over in California. They'd turn right over. He said, now they got 20 cars, sirens on, helicopters flying. He said, they're still running. Nobody has any respect. No respect for any authority. No respect for pulpits. No respect for principles. No respect for nothing. So do you think a house full of stuff is going to help anybody? Where you sleep, where you eat, you think any of that matters? No. Tori, did you come here because programs were here? No. She is underneath that 4,000-pound car about to die. Just get me to the house of God. However I got to get there. Just get me there. Hallelujah. Keep digging ditches, Chase. Don't worry about what other people think. He's over there making a mess. Ain't taking care of nothing. Oh, you just wait. Because this is God's battle to fight, not yours. Let me tell you this. You leave here, it's done. You go get a job and start working. It's done. It's done. Let God fight it. Let God show them the blood. (laughs) Hallelujah. Nothing's in that house Listen Some will say Why do I have to give up everything ah. While others will say I'm not giving up everything I'm just making room for God to move It's all about perspective It's the way you look at it There's so many people Under the sound of my voice that give up everything But if they wasn't careful, they could become very bitter about it. Yes, you, Russell, you gave up everything. I'm glad you did. Amen? I'm glad you did. So many has given up everything. It didn't cause them to be bitter. It caused them to become better. They weren't giving up everything to be miserable. No, they're making room for God to move. And now God's moving on behalf of our children with this school. On behalf of worship On behalf of so many things Jacoby was able to go share Jesus What a story last night Eight years old Took his Bible to his uncle's house To tell him about Jesus Took an invitation card With this church in my name And invited him to church God's moving God's talking. I better hurry. Brother Ray, for you playing? Where's he at? He's coming. We're not giving up. We're getting. Amen. Second Kings chapter 4. Let me just say this very quickly. So, mamas, when you move them beds, tables, couches, TVs, phones... What they watch, what they listen to, you're not a bad mom. You're not taking anything away, Carly. You're just making room for God to move. Receive it. You're not too much. Lay your hand on her sister. It's not too much, Carly. It's not legalism. It's grace. And I know the devil's lied to you. told you you're making a mistake as a mom. And you're going to push them babies and others to rebellion. <laughs> That's a lie straight from hell. You're making room in your house and this house. And in Johnny and Rayleigh, but in Lake and Jenkins too. Ha! for God to move. Because I know if Lakin's in your presence, then you're making room for my baby to receive more from God. Connie, look at me. The same for you. The same for you. She's not bad. She's not mean and she's not wrong. She loves you. And that's her responsibility. You know why it is? Because she knows what hell did to her mind. You may not know you felt the effects of it, didn't you? You don't like that mama, do you? Not at all. Not at all. I didn't like that mama either when she showed up at this church. But I love this mama and the work Jesus has done in her. She's not the same. And so let me just say this, and this is in love. She never wants to go back being that mom. You know that? And when she says anything, it's in love because she would never want for either one of you to do the things she done. You know that? And so she's not mean. She loves you more because if she didn't love you, you'd be watching all the trash in the world. You know it? She's protecting you from the devil. You know how bad the devil wants the both of you and your brother? You know how bad? The same way he wanted her. You remember those nights when mama wasn't there? The devil would love to get her back. But guess what? He can't have her. because Jesus fights for her every day, and you fight for her, sweetheart. Your prayers, y'all prayed for your mama even when you didn't know how to pray, didn't you? You prayed and you prayed and you prayed for this mama. But this mama's it's hard to understand sometimes, because she disciplines. She used to not discipline because she was so guilty. You know that? But she does now. She's just making room for God to move in your life. You know why? Because the creditor's knocked. The creditor's told her, your sin is going to ruin your children. <laughs> it's what the devil's told her. It's what the devil's told your dad. But no, no, no. What a miracle. Let it go, Bailey. Come on. Let it go, sweetheart. Jesus has been knocking on the door of your heart for a long time. I've watched him. Let him in tonight, will you? I know you've been afraid, sweetheart. You've seen a lot of things. You've been through a lot. See, so you've been through a lot, buddy. You've been through a lot. But God, you're tender. So tender. Bailey, let him have his way. Come on, sweetheart. Let it go. Let all that pain go. Everything that you two has held against her, you can let it all go right here tonight. And Say, Mom, I forgive you. Mom, I forgive you for all the hurtful nights, the lonely nights, and you didn't know if she was dead or alive. did You, you can let all that go tonight. You know what, Cecil? You can let all that go tonight. Bailey, you can let it all go tonight. Will y'all just come right here and just pray for your mom? She's just making room for y'all. Know it Pray for Bailey. Pray for Cecil. I feel God in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said in the beginning of service, it's not enough to only make room for the presence of God to turn in. But you got to make preparation for the presence of God to stay in. You see, the Shunammite woman told her husband, let us build a room in the wall. But in that room, the woman began to put some things. (laughs) The first thing she put was a bed in the room. Can I tell you what the bed represents? You know what happens whenever you just live from church service to church service to church service? You're going to get empty through the middle of the week. (laughs) If all you've done is heard about what God did and you've not hosted the presence of God, not only do you make room for God God to move but you make room for God to stay if the only time that you're in the presence of the Lord is Sunday morning Sunday night and Wednesday night something's wrong if you can't feel the Holy Ghost on your way to work on Monday like you did Sunday then something's wrong if you can't pray in the Holy Ghost on your way Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday then we need to get filled filled We got to make room for God, not only to move, but for God to stay. It needs to become a practice in our life to be in the presence of God. It needs to become a practice in our life. Brother, you ever feel the Holy Ghost in that UPS truck? Oh, yeah. I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. I know he does. He'll be driving 150 sometime. I bet he's praying in the Holy Ghost. He done forgot everything else. I know that man seeking God because he wouldn't be here tonight. He'd be somewhere in sin. Now listen to me. I'm fixing to say something. If you don't make a bed for the presence of God, you'll make it for somebody else. If you don't make a bed for the presence of God, you'll make it for somebody else. Something else will take the rightful place of intimacy in your life. The first thing she told her husband, we better put in there is a bed. That bed is a place of intimacy, brother. Not everybody's allowed there. I said not everybody's allowed in that place. But not only is it a place of intimacy, it's a place of rest. Can I tell you, in Jesus, we have rest. In Jesus, we have rest. You can rest from life. You can rest from the heaviness. You can rest from the busyness. And if you've not made a bed for Jesus to turn into your life and in your house and just rest there, we're missing out. Don't you want Jesus just to come into your house and just say, boy, I feel so welcome." But when he does that, he's fixing to invade everything in your life. (laughs) Because in that place, he messes everything up. In that place of intimacy, everything else that you're intimate with has to go. You know why? Because he's a jealous God. He's a jealous God, Brother David. And what he's jealous over, he's going to fight for. He said, come unto me, all you are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. The second thing they put was the table. What does the Bible say in Psalm 23? In the presence of your enemies. What? He'll prepare a table. I don't care what the world has said. I don't care what your enemy said. I'm telling you what my God's going to do. In the presence of your greatest enemy, God's going to prepare a table, and God's going to feed you there, and they're going to have to watch it. They're going to watch you get fed, and the king is going to do it, just like he did to Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth didn't deserve it. The last verse of that chapter says he was lame all the days of his life. He couldn't do anything. So that tells me somebody probably fed him too, brother. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be fed by the king. That table there is a place of communion, fellowship, and relationship. Listen to this. And it's also a place of divine visitation. My God. Divine visitation. How many of us have a table in our relationship with the Lord where there's divine visitation? I don't care what people say. He don't visit you. Yes, he does. He wants to He wants to. Let people say you're too far out there. You better believe I am. I'm right where he wants me to be. You thought far out was out there, you should have known me 17 years ago. Amen. Amen. You ain't seen nothing yet. Hallelujah. The third thing that was there, he put a stool. That stool is in the Hebrew is a throne. A place of representation of the authority of God. And then last but not least, the candlestick. I love this. The candlestick is a type or a place of revelation of Christ. It reveals. If it's dark and you put a light on, guess what? It's fixing to illuminate whatever's in the room. Ah. <laughs> and if Christ is there, brother, whoo, I feel that. If Jesus is on your bed, brother, if the presence of God, guess what? He's everywhere at all times. So that means he can be in the bed, he can be on the stool, and he can be at the table. And when you turn the candlestick on, guess what you see? I see Christ. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's in all of that. But I need the candlestick so that it can illuminate Christ. So many of us want to serve him in the dark. Will you stand tonight? We want to serve him in the dark, don't we, brother? (laughs) Yeah, just keep it quiet. Don't let people know the fullness that I serve him at. I don't want to just hear about his presence. I want to host it, John Wayne. I heard the Lord say this to me. GFCC. There's a bed there, a table there, a stool there. Somebody had to bite. There's a cost to be counted to host the presence of God. Uh, I know we have visiting churches here tonight. I don't know where everybody goes. But that's neither here nor there. Because this is for you too. But I'm speaking to home people right now, too. This is for all of us. If you're here tonight, God wants you to hear this. People are about to know us as people that host His presence. I'm going to go as far as to say when you get in the presence of others, that change is going to occur. Why do you say that, preacher? Because if you'll put a bed there and be intimate, if you'll let him sit on that throne of that heart, John Wayne, if you'll sit at the table with him and feast and eat the bread of life, he's going to give divine revelation. And if we allow that candlestick to burn constantly, then I promise you it's going to light up every place this dark. And if the shadow of Peter can heal people and if Paul's handkerchief can be laid on people and they recover, our God is no respecter of person, brother. He's in that hospital room. He said, I'm here on appointment. I'm here by divine appointment from God. It's not about me. It's about them because you minister to them people in there. He said, it ain't about me. But it's about them. He's laying there at any moment, could have died. But God flowing through a vessel of honor to preach His word to people in the hospital. Everywhere we are, we're about to be known as people that host His presence. Now it's up to us because there is a cost to be counted to this. If there's a bed, somebody had to buy it. If there's a stool, somebody had to pay for it. If there's a table, somebody had to make it. Tables aren't cheap, are they, Kitty? No. But they're special. There's communion at that table. Tonight, God, tonight, God, is going to make people under the sound of my voice, people that host His presence, This may seem far-fetched, but I believe I'm not being superficial or blab it, grab it. I'm telling you, I believe the Holy Ghost told me this. God's fixing to turn things for our favor. GFCC, get ready. (laughs) Get ready to make room. (laughs) Get ready to make room. For all I know, listen to me, we may have to take these chairs out of this church. Are you okay with sitting on the floor? (laughs) If God. To let empty vessels come in. It's hard to feel something that's already full of self. But when empty vessels come in that are addicted, that been adopted, that's been abused, that say I have nothing to offer anybody, God said that's who I want to feel. I have nothing to offer. I'm addicted. I've been a prostitute. I was underneath the car. I was dancing. I was doing, that's the one I want to feel. That's the one I want to use. All that worthless, no good for nothing, everybody's done. That's the one I want to use. God said, make room. Make room. Make room. We're fixing to be a people that host this presence. If you want to host this presence, I just want you to find a place in these altars tonight. Come lift up your hands. You say, I want to host this presence. Just come lift up your hands everywhere, all over this house. Just make room. We'll put chairs back if we got to tonight. Hallelujah.